3D Jesus, a different perspective. That's what we've been going after. And uh, we have these glasses. Um, I, I saw a bunch of them in the trash, no condemnation. But, uh, but if you did take it home, you were supposed to write grace on one side and love on the other. Great. Okay, you were hearing me. Okay, good, perfect. I just check it. And so um, here's the thing. Um, today you would write joy on it. I think there's some other words you could write on it. I think you'll see those in the passage. John chapter 3, verses 22. Turn over there now because I want to get to that quickly. What I'm going to do um, is I'm going to read the passage then I'm going to go back through it chunk by chunk. There's three different moves. There's three different points. And then I'm going to try to tie each of those sections into what we call the 10-year vision. It's something God has given us, our elders, our leadership um, in 2016. And I think it's um, worthy to be um, spoken about every year. It just happens that we were going to pass them out today and the outline fits so perfectly that instead of getting an outline, instead of getting your normal paper, what you got was this. Did everybody get one of these? Hold it up. Got one? Everybody get one of these. This, you can write on this with this and give it one second. So if you're lefty, sorry. But give it one second and it'll dry and uh, it'll be permanent, right? And so that's why we gave you this. We want you to interact with this. We don't want this to go in the trash. We want this to stay on your nightstand or maybe where you're, your chair where you do your time with the Lord or your table. We want this to stay with you all year, honestly, because this is what we're going after, not just today, but ongoing. So you have these. These are tools for you. Please take them home. They cost you something, not me. You, you give the offering, and uh, so they're, they're yours. We, we want to steward those resources. I do also want to say, because we don't have a bulletin, that uh, we have a financial uh, update. So I'm just going to put that on the board. Um, giving, uh, need, that's what our budget was set for this month. Tithes received. Uh, obviously, building fund goes in there, okay? So it's kind of together. So 57. So we need like $23,000 today. Woo! Well, that's happened before, whatever. And if we don't have that much, we'll spend less. That's fine. It is what it is. Um, but we're doing great for the year and we're really grateful. We just always put that on the back of the bulletin so that you guys can look at it. So I just didn't want to lose that today. And, and here's what I want to say about it. I don't get to say this every week, but every week when I look at it, I feel this way. That's a lot of money. The people of God are giving to the work of God in an astounding way. And all I can be is grateful. I never think, why didn't they give more? Never once think that. I'm always like, wow, look at how much they're giving. And I want you to know that I'm grateful for that. And our whole staff is, and our elder board is. We're grateful that you would trust us to steward the money God's given you. And we want to do it um, to the best of our ability with Christ in mind on every regard. So I just wanted to say that. I'm grateful and um, thank you for giving. Your faithfulness is amazing. Um, so we're going to be in chapter three of John. We're going to finish it today. I'm really excited about it. The title of the message is Delighting in Jesus. Good topic? Delighting in Jesus. There's a lot of things you could delight in. That, that cup of coffee looks good. I don't drink coffee, honestly, so I wouldn't delight in that. But you're looking like you're having a good time. 
I'm just saying, right? Like, not to be awkward or anything. Like, if you had pizza, I would be down there delighting with you. We would be together in that. So maybe we could do that at Guest Encounter, all right? Let's just do that again. We could break out the donuts at Guest Encounter, and we could just delight in that together. Delighting in Jesus. There's so many things we delight in. I delight in food. I'm on a diet right now. I lost 20 pounds. I'm going to lose 10 more by God's grace. Praise the Lord, whatever. You know, it's really nonsense because it's like I gain that 30 pounds, then I lose it, then I gain it, then I lose it, then I gain it, then I lose it, then I gain it, then I lose it. If I continue to go for another minute, which would really hurt my time, you would be somewhere around what's really happening. All right. All that to say, I understand delighting. Uh, I delight in my wife. I delight in my kids. I love delighting in this church. When we were just here singing together, I was just delighting in what God had given us. Um, but first and foremost, we need to delight in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so that's the title and the focus of this message. Everybody say that good? That's good, man. That's good. All right, here we go. Um, here we go. John chapter 3, verse 22. After this... So after the conversation with Nicodemus, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside. That means they stayed close. They didn't go up through Samaria, up to Galilee. They stayed close to Jerusalem. They were close. Everybody say they were close. They were close. And he remained there, so steadfast, with them and was baptizing. You might underline that in your Bible. It's a key thing. John also was baptizing, underline that too, at Anon near Salem, because water was plentiful there. See, the way the Bible describes baptism, you need some water. You can't just have like a teaspoon, you need some water. You get what, what I'm saying? And that's why it says that. And people were coming and being baptized, underline that again, three times now in three verses, for John had not yet been put into prison. Let me just stop right there. John had not yet been put into prison. So if you understand the Gospels, if you read anywhere else, you know that in Luke 3, 19 and 20, he was thrown into prison. That hadn't happened yet. He's just trying to get all the pieces down. Also, you could see that in Matthew 14 and in Mark 6. I know you're all looking like it. I'm really smart. I just learned that this week, and I wrote it in my Bible so I could say it to you now. You should write it in your Bible so next time you're discipling somebody, you can do the same thing. It's not rocket science. Okay, so let me say them again. Luke 3, 19 and 20, write that. And then Matthew 14 and Mark 6, they also speak about this imprisonment by Herod of John the Baptist. Okay, continuing on. Now, a discussion that is a debate, an argument, and whatever translation you have, it'll say those things, arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew. Don't know who this a Jew is over purification. Is it Nicodemus? I don't know. Any old Jew would do, right? They're fighting about purification. You can find that in Mark chapter 7, verses 1 through 23. There's a lot here. Everybody say there's a lot here. I mean, the Bible is rich. I could preach two verses today and we could go home. And I'm trying to take a big chunk. It's just rich. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, he who was with you across the Jordan. Do we know who that is? I mean, we've been reading the same story, right? So we know that that's Jesus. So we can just say that Jesus who was across the Jordan, to whom you bore witness, look, 
He is baptizing, underline that, baptizing, and all are going to him. Can you hear the jealousy? Can you feel the envy? Can you sense the pride? They're all going to him. His ministry's bigger than ours. Ah! Okay, you got it then. John answered, God help us. A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given to him from heaven. Amen. You yourselves bear me witness. You could tell my story that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him to point to him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. Anybody married? Yeah, the groom goes with the bride, right? Not the best man. That's his point. And we're all like, duh, but that's his point. The friend of the groom the friend of the bridegroom, the best man, who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. Just a little tidbit. In their culture, the bride didn't plan the wedding. And all the brides said, amen, right? (laughs) I mean, the great American wedding is a killer. Matter of fact, The groom didn't even plan the wedding. You know who planned the wedding? The best man. The friend of the groom. And when he heard the groom coming to take his bride, he's like, good, I'm done. Thank the Lord. That's what all you brides do when you're up there. That was the worst year of my life. I hope marriage is better. I've done a few weddings. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. Here's the important verse. You need to underline it, highlight it, star it, put it on your wall, tattoo it on your arm. I don't care what you do. You need to know this. It needs to be inside your heart. He must increase, but I must decrease. That's a good word. He must increase, but I must decrease. Number one goal of this message is that you see none of me and that you see all of him. He who comes from above is above all. Captain Obvious. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. Duh. It's just good clarity. He who comes from heaven is above all. I've got it. Can you say I've got it? I mean, it's not like I'm not intelligent. I understand now. Jesus is from heaven. John is from earth. John's talking about earthly stuff. Jesus is talking about heavenly stuff. The only thing John says that's really good is whatever comes from above. That's happening today too. The only thing I can say that's really worth anything is anything that comes from above. Everything else is earthly stuff. Okay, so we're all clear. He goes on. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness. Jesus bears witness to what he has seen and heard. Yet no one receives his testimony. 
Whoever receives his testimony, so generally speaking, people don't receive what Christ says. That's what he's saying. Because he says, whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this. There's a stamp of approval that God is true. That's what we just sang about. God's true. God's the right one. God's right. I'm wrong. That's what we're talking about and singing about. And we're setting our stamp to that. It's a seal of approval on the testimony of Jesus. For he whom God has sent, that's Jesus, utters the words of God, for he, Jesus, gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. That should comfort you and me. Because he's not only Jesus' daddy, he's your daddy too. He loves you like a son or daughter, just like he loves perfectly his son, Jesus Christ. And he's given you all things in the power and name of Jesus Christ. Let's cap it right here. Whoever believes, he keeps saying this whoever thing, like everybody has the same opportunity as me. As you, whoever believes in the Son, Jesus, has eternal life. Whoever does not owe, what? I'm, okay, hold on, I'm confused. Now, let me read it again, because I think it's a misprint. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not, be, it doesn't say what it should say. It doesn't say believe there. Why doesn't it say believe there? I mean, if he was going to say the opposite, then he would, I'm confused. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath, only time used in John, of God remains on him. Remains on him. Let's just be reminded, like, it remains on you. You're not being condemned by walking in here. Everything you're hearing, not condemning. I'm not condemning you. You may have walked in condemned. You may have been born condemned through Adam and Eve, through your mom and dad, through sin, through your own sin. But this church is not confirming that condemnation. We're not like, oh, yep, you're condemned. You're condemned. You're condemned. We're going to preach condemnation every week. That's not true. We're not going to do that. If you don't believe what Jesus Christ is, says is true, then you're condemned already and you remain in that condemnation. I just want to be clear. Okay. So here's the thing. We're going to use this to do our outline. I'm going to read the passage and we're going to get after it. Now, I've read the passage once, so I've asked you to highlight baptism. Baptism, baptism, baptism. Jesus was doing work. You ever done work? You ever like, I'm going to get to work. I got some stuff to do. I got a honeydew list or whatever. Like I, I got a bunch of stuff I got to get done at work this week. Like I'm going to get some work done. That's what Jesus was doing. He was doing work. Okay. So the first point, I got to get you caught up. Right, right on the front cover, delighting in Jesus. That's the title of the message. Delighting in Jesus, write it right on the front cover. You'll see it on the screen. Delighting in Jesus, write it on there. And then right underneath there, so you know how to get back to this passage, John 3, 22 through 46. Ooh, 
46, 36. We don't want an extra 10 verses today, trust me. Okay, flip the page. At the top of this page, I want you to write number one. Point number one is do his work. Jesus was going about his father's work. We need to be going about the father, about Jesus, about the Holy Spirit's work. We need to do his work. We need to do his work. So the first way that I can delight myself in Jesus is to do his work. It's to get something that God says in his work and to do it, right? If he says obey, I obey. If he says believe, I believe. Whatever he says, I'll do. I want to do his work. Now, the verse here says, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. I believe that. That's a proverb. That's a wise saying. I believe that. I'm not going to read the rest of that page. I want you to at home. And you see the intro here. I have written at the top of the intro, read and pray. So if you would just read and pray over this intro, I would appreciate it. This is a love letter I wrote to you as the church. I wrote it in January of 2016. I believe it's a gift from the Holy Spirit. We keep putting in the book every year. Read it. Pray through it. We're inviting you to something bigger than yourself. We're inviting you to something bigger than harvest. Do you want to be a part of that? Okay, flip the page. We got to keep going. Our mission, that's what we do. What is the, uh, our mission is to glorify God. So I have glorify God underlined in my booklet. That's what I want to do. I want to glorify God. And then you look down at the verse, go therefore and make disciples. I have make disciples underlined. You're going to have to go back through this because I'm going fast. Make disciples, underline it. That's what we want to do. We want to do his work. What was Jesus doing? Somebody tell me what Jesus was doing. Baptizing. He was like, hey, repent. The kingdom of God is here. And they would repent and he would go like, let's show the world. Boom. You're dead to yourself. You're alive in Christ. Let's go. And he was doing work. And you know what? John the Baptist was doing work too. They were doing work. And so at the bottom here, you have our vision. Real people encountering amazing God and experiencing lasting change. You know what I've written by that? Salvation and baptism. This verse is all about new life. It's about people coming to know that sin is the issue and that Jesus is the Savior. And they get saved from their sin. And then they want to identify with their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so they get baptized in water. And this is the work that we do, church. This is who we are. We're trying to lead everyone to salvation in Jesus Christ. We're trying to lead everyone to obedience in believers' baptism. It's spiritual for sure, and it's also physical. This page, I had a lot to say about this page, but I'm going to skip it because of lack of time. I know I'm going to be late. So here's what I want you to write at the bottom. Doing versus being. That's the problem. When you hear the word do his work, do his work, do, 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 do. You're like, ah, it's in the flesh. You just got to do it in the physical. That's not it. I've believed that lie for so long and it's so exhausting. That's not it. Doing the work of God is being the person of God. Being the person of God is doing the work of God. Being 
and doing are the same thing from a healthy perspective. Otherwise, from an unhealthy perspective, doing is just doing. That's not the kind of doing I'm talking about. I'm talking about being in the Holy Spirit, being in the will and the love of God. So doing versus being, both. I'm circling both, but being wins over doing every day. If you have to come choose to come serve in children's ministry when you're not in a good spot or you have to come sit under teaching and hear it again, that's fine. But we want to remind you that you should be doing that every day of the week so that when you come, you actually can pour out that this isn't only an intake, but it's also an output. That's healthy. That's being the people of God. This other side, you see all these numbers, how awesome they are. I, I, can, uh, I relate it to a track meet just really quickly. We're competing against ourselves, no one else. I want you to know that. That was our best numbers. Okay, great. Let's do it better. But does it really care about the numbers? We don't really care about the numbers. I just want you to know. We track numbers because people count to us. We, we, they matter. But we just want to know if we're doing something wrong, if we're like, you know. But it's not a big deal. We show it to you so it'll be encouraging. But then when it levels off like this, you see servers. We have 120 volunteers in 2017. We have 120 uh, volunteers in 2018. Now we're like, ah! oh no, we didn't grow. What are we going to do? No, that's not how we handle it at all. We're like, maybe we didn't give our people ample opportunities to grow and to volunteer. And so what did we come up with? Momentum. Project Momentum, you're all invited to serve more. We're all going to do this together. So it helps to see it, but it doesn't mean anything negative. Hopefully that helps. Flip the page, Amazing God. This is maybe my most favoritist page in the whole book because it says amazing God. And I don't think we can say that enough, how awesome God is. So this is God's work. It's, no, it's not lost on me that this page is between the numbers and the numbers. Numbers, 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 numbers. Yeah, in the middle of that, it's not lost on me that this is a marvelous work that God's doing. It has really nothing to do with us apart from him. Did I miss something? I did. Go back. I missed something. It says, real people. I missed this page. Forgive me. I have lovely people that are like helping me out. Here's what I want to say to you. Real people. So there's a humility in John the Baptist and in Jesus doing the work of their father, doing the work that they've been told to do. And, and it reminds me of this passage of unworthy servant. And it's found in Luke 17, 7 through 10. So if you just write humility, Luke 17, 7 through 10 at the top, you go study that and, and you'll know what I'm talking about. Then I skipped this page, real people. Sorry, I got so excited about the numbers. You know, I have written down deny myself, but Brent said something in his, in his talk earlier that's better. And so you can write down deny myself because I see a bunch of you doing that. But here's, the, here's what it should be. Die to myself. 
That's what he said. And that's what God's saying to us. He's not just saying to deny ourselves. He's asking us to die to ourselves. Okay, so better point. He wasn't there when I prepared the outline like he usually is. So thank you, Brent, for your contribution. Die to myself, okay? That's verses 25 through uh, 30. So let me just look at that. There's this discussion, argument. The Jews were saying this. That argument, this is what happens. People are arguing about stuff, and then it comes back to the leader. And when it comes back to the leader, it's always negative. It's never like, yeah, we were arguing about it. It was awesome. It's like always negative. And so it comes back to the leader in a negative light. He's like, how come Jesus is doing better than us? And John could have been like, yeah, how come? I was here first. I baptized him. But John doesn't do that. And we need to take a page out of John's book. He's dying to himself. His ministry is going this way. He's going to prison soon. And Jesus' ministry is going this way. And he's like delighting in Jesus. He's like, woo! I came to point to him. Look, everybody's following him now. I did a good job. Well done. And he says, hey, it's all from above. And he gets to this point. My joy is complete because the bridegroom's here now and he's going to take the bride. We're the bride, church. He's going to take the bride into the marriage supper of the Lamb. He's going to take the bride into eternity. It's not my job. I'll just be there at the wedding ceremony and the celebration with them. And he gets to this creme de la creme statement. He must increase, but I must decrease. I mean... Bumper sticker that. Put it where you can see it every day. He must increase, but I must decrease. Less of me, more of him, that's always better. So I'm back to joy. He says, My joy is complete. And so I've written joy by amazing God. Complete joy. And at the bottom of that page, amazing God, I have written John 3.30. He must increase, but I must decrease. And I'm delighting in that verse this week. And I pray that you will too. You see the numbers there. We could delight in these things. I'm just really grateful that these things have happened. No, those 407 people don't still go to our church. That's okay. They're going to some church and they're hopefully committed still to worshiping, walking, and working for Christ. Those baptisms, not every one of those people, 336, are still going to our church, but they're missionaries now that have been entrusted with the word of God and they're going out to other churches and other nations. Praise the Lord. Those 5,785 people don't come to our church, obviously. But they've all been through the doors and they've all heard the gospel. Praise the Lord. Not all of those 13 church plants that we supported are still viable today. But by God's grace, that money was stewarded and people were told about Jesus through it. And there's many of those churches that are surpassing what our expectations would have been of them. Flip to the last page, lasting change. Lasting change. I have to hurry. I have two minutes. It's not possible, but I'm going to try. Lasting change. 
This is a phenomenal page. If you need to spend time as an application, you need to spend time here. I'm just going to give it to you straight. Depend on God's word and God's spirit. Jesus says here, it's his testimony as he utters the words of God and he gives the spirit without measure that we need to be dependent on the words of God and the spirit of God. That is how we delight in Jesus Christ. We're dependent on the word of God and the spirit of God. If you had one thing in one hand, word of God, and you had another thing in the other hand, spirit of God, you could make any decision with those two pillars your life will be great if you depend on these two things. There's so much more I want to say here, but I want to say this. Don't dismiss this as legalism. These pages are not legalism. We put a lot of time and energy. It's prayerful. We're not saying if you don't do this, you're not a good person. We're just saying if you do do this, you're probably going to grow in your relationship with Christ if your heart is dependent on him. Don't dismiss it. Don't dispute it right? Don't dispute it. Don't say, I'm on my own plan, man. Take a leap. I got a better plan. That's fine. You can have a better plan. We're not saying you can't. We're not disputing the fact that you can have a better Bible reading plan than we're supplying. But we are supplying one, and if you don't have one, we'd like you to get into a consistent Bible reading plan. These are on the info table. You can grab one today. Start with the blue one. It's the New Testament. Read through it. And then last, I'm saying, don't discard. Don't discard. Don't throw this away. Please don't throw this away. My one dying request is that you don't throw it away here. If, if you want to throw it away at home, that's between you and the Lord. That's fine. I don't expect you to keep it forever. But if you would go over it a little bit before you threw it away, that would bless me and please the Lord as well. At the bottom, it says, belief determines behavior. It says belief determines behavior. And so that just convicts me a little bit. How I'm behaving, if I look back, is how I'm believing. So I can look at tangible things I'm doing and I can see whether or not I'm believing the things I think I'm believing. Does that make sense? Belief determines behavior. I just wrote that at the bottom of the page. Because if I decide to do nothing with this, then I don't believe this is important. But I want to say something to you. It's important to Jesus. I can speak for him on this. He loves it when you tell your story. It's his story too. He loves it when you read his word. It's his word. He loves it when you tell others, disciple others. That's what he did. He gave his life to doing it. He loves it when you talk to him. That's what he gets that's where he comes every morning to do to you, with you. All right, there's just two more words, and I'm done. Flip the page. At the top of it, write peace. Peace. See, eternal life, whether now or in the future, is all about peace. I'm living an eternal life. You can kill me right now. It's not going to hurt me. That's peace. That's, that's just peace. And we live in the peace that surpasses all understanding. And it guards our heart and soul in Christ Jesus. And then on the next page, where you have all these numbers, I want you to write the word contentment. Because I think you look at that and you're like, oh, we must be driving for a thousand. We must be driving for two thousand. We must be driving. You know what we're driving for? Contentment. 
being content with what God gives us. Because everything that comes, comes from above. You can receive nothing unless it is given to you. You flip the page to the next one, and you'll see a faithful God. I believe that obedience brings blessing, and I believe that we are enjoying the fruit of God's loving hand to us. These are all things that happened last year in 2018, and we're grateful for them. Matter of fact, I'm overwhelmed by God's physical blessings, but God's spiritual blessings of eternal life mean so much more. And so it's fun to look back at what he did physically, but it's even better to be like, spiritually, look at all that God did in my life, in your life. I see God working in you. I could go around the room and say it to every single one of you. I see God working in you when you did this. This passage, spend some time in it. It's just phenomenal. I'll end with a quote from Warren Wearsby. Here it is. It says this. It is when we obey God's word and put it into practice that we see its truth and experience its power. I'll read it one more time. It's when we obey God's word and put it into practice that we see its truth and experience its power. I want that for us, church. I want us to see that every word is true and I want us to experience the power that God's given us. I want to pray for us. Father, we're grateful to be here in the house of the Lord. Thank you for the time that you've given us to do it. We've tried to steward this time well, Lord. But we realize that nothing we can do and nothing we can say can change the heart of man. And so God, we come simply, humbly, and we ask that you would seal these things on the hearts of your people by the precious Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that many would understand that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior, that sin is their problem, ongoing, and that you want so badly for us to surrender to you, to depend on your word and your spirit, to be saved, to be baptized, to be delighting in you every day. God, help us to see you with that perspective. It is a loving, powerful perspective. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. And thank you for the joy of knowing who we are and who you are. Because you must increase and we must decrease. We pray this is true in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.